0: It's the Stinking Truth Podcast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in, Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth, alongside Mike Evans, millennial, Ben, producing the show and talk about Bizarro World. I mean, how about week two? Oh, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. We like to say "bet like a man, bet rivers." That's what you're doing, a dollar at a time, uh, betting like a man or something like that. (laughs)
1: Um, Anyhow, Mike, betting within my means, within my means, Mark. Okay, I
0: I love it, man.
1: I love, I absolutely. But having fun, it is is so much fun. It's great, right? I quick, quick aside. I I I probably was involved in fifteen or sixteen plays on Saturday during college football. And like another fifteen or sixteen Sunday with the NFL again, not not going big, but a lot of fun to have that much skin in the game. Right. And what a wild! It keeps you locked in. It right? It does, it does. And what a wild! You're right, boy. Any isn't the first couple weeks of the NFL season proof that you got to be careful to avoid overreactions, positively or negatively, week to week? Because right. you got the Steelers who look great and going to Buffalo. Beat the Bills, but then turn around and lose to the Ra- uh, Raiders. You got the Ravens who lose to the Raiders, then turn around and beat the Chiefs. You got the Saints who look awesome in Week One, destroying Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and then turning around and getting thumped by Carolina.
0: Yeah, it, it's it is insanity, you know. And I hear this all the time. The I've probably said it a time or two. You know, the app, the the extension of the preseason. Like, hey, you know, the first four weeks of the regular season, now because of the preseason and the lack of play in your veteran players is really the extension of the preseason. And what a difference it makes to get off to a good start. Joe Judge said that to me, head coach of the Giants. You know, it's really kind of an extension, and it's about building and getting better the second half of the season and continue to build and all that stuff. Yeah, but if you put yourself on the eight ball early, it's really hard to dig out of that hole. And, and, you know, interestingly enough, I always look at it this way. If you're telling your players, hey, man, we didn't play anybody in the regular season. This is really an extension of the preseason. We're going to try to figure out what we are. Aren't you really, to some degree, telling your players that the first couple of games of the season aren't as important as the next quarter of the season? Or or now that it's 17 games, the whole quarter thing doesn't work out. That kind of irritates
1: me, Right. 17, that's right. It's a tough number. It's a tough number.
0: Right, because we always broke it up in the quarters. First quarter of the season, the first four games. Second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, bam. And you knew exactly what you are Now you go first quarter of the season. Well, it's really, you know, four-point-whatever games. I still
1: find myself adding up a lot of records for teams and still come to 16. I got to I gotta break the habit.
0: Right. 17. Right. But I always thought this about the preseason. You know, they, they, they don't count, but they do matter. Yeah. It matters. It matters the way you play. It matters the way you prepare, and it also matters the way you address it. And I just feel like there are a bunch of teams that I don't want to say they poo-poo it, but they're not. They don't necessarily look ready to roll, and and maybe every place every place a little bit different. But I I I get this feeling, Mike, that. Oh, well, let's see, you know, an extension of the preseason. We're going to figure ourselves out. I I just, here's the thing. You come out of the preseason, you damn well better have an identity, know what you want to do, know who you are, know what you are in situational football. Hey, man, a second down and two, we're a conversion team. We're not take a shot team. Hey, man, when we get into third down and long situations, we are a protection team. We are an empty team. We are, what, I don't, like, it doesn't matter to me. It it matters to your players. But here's the thing. I want to know. I want to have my rules. I want to have been put in that situation so I don't have to think. I can just react. And I think there's a lot of teams that go about it. Like I said, Joe Judge, we're still figuring out who we are. Well, guess what? I know who you are. You're 0-2 and you gave one away that you should have won because you got called for, what, offsides on a field goal and gave them another chance to hit one. Pretty soon, you're trying to ease into a season, and
1: ownership may decide, thanks, seen enough. We're going to ease into a new coach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There are some games that are important early in the season for teams, and I I thought Sunday night was a great example. The Ravens, because of the playoff problems that they've had the last couple of years, falling short in the playoffs. You're you're not going to make up all of that. You're not going to make people forget about all of that by simply beating the Chiefs in week two. But at some point, you got to start the process, right? Right. And that was important for them, to be able to beat the Chiefs, even if it's just week two. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One, look at the Chiefs, man. They've been a
0: bunch of points week one, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, they gave up 30 plus points week one. 36 points week 29, two. 29. 29 in week one. 36 points. Yeah, maybe I was going with the averages there, Mike. Sure. 29. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt when it comes to math. Thirty six divided by two is about 32. ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Almost 33 points. A You're game. a big ish guy. Yeah. So, like, one, you gotta be concerned about that, right? Like I, I here's the thing about here's the thing about Kansas City. You know, you obviously you can put up points on them, or at least that's what's been exposed here in the in the first two weeks of the season. Two, um, I really think it comes down to how you manage the the back end of the first half and the back end of the, the fourth quarter. Like if you can possess the ball, and and I know the whole principle is, hey, possess the ball, limit their possessions, don't let Patrick Mahomes get you on a big play because offensively they're so dynamic. But he's going to get you. They're going to make those plays. Can you possess the ball at the end of the game and the end of the first half? Can you not give them a chance to double up at the end of the first half You know, and get the ball back at the beginning of the second half? Can you not give them – those opportunities cuz i think then you can win, you can prove you can score on them right then you can ch- you have a chance to win the shootout does that make sense right and i think for baltimore you're 100% right mike i mean here's a game where you're looking at the baltimore ravens you're going wow that could have like that could have escalated quickly they could have been down right they could have been down 0-2 and you know then 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 where do you go from there I right mean, you're right you're like 0-2 oh, uh-oh and you know they're a good team, and I just thought with two turnovers and all the things that went down with Lamar, his playmaking ability and his ability to attack line of scrimmage, and he had uh, you know the touchdown to I think Brown where he jumps up and delivers it, and some of the runs he had, and he is clearly. Like, if, if you're defining what an MVP is, he is clearly, like, he, that, that offense, they have reconstructed an entire offense. They have created something that is not only dynamic, but is unique to just them. In a league where everybody runs the same crap, it's unique to just them, and it's pretty incredible. He is truly the MVP, like, maybe not of the league, But he's
1: right up there with the tops of them. But he is certainly the MVP of Baltimore. Well, I'll give you another guy that uh, through two weeks might be the MVP of the NFL. Derek Carr. He is playing exceptionally well. And he went into Pittsburgh. And whatever issues you may have about the Steelers, and and there are many, but most of them center around Big Ben and that offense. That defense is still legit and Carr went in there and and picked them apart. Yeah. And the Raiders are 2 and 0 with wins over the Ravens and Steelers. Are they for real?
0: Hey, listen,
1: if if Carr
0: like if Carr can play like that and like he has for the first 2 weeks. That can cover a lot of warts, Mike. Like right now Carr is not just managing the game and being efficient, like you know, Carr has always been that guy, it feels like to me in past, he's been that guy that's, hey, 20 at 24, but it's 212 yards and, you know, two TDs. And now, with with Carr, it's all of a sudden it feels like it's, you know, 29 of 36, 350 yards and three TDs, and, you know, he's a work cover right now. And because he's putting up so many points and because he's got the weapons around him to do that, doesn't it feel to a degree like Derek Carr is making up, like you're allowing your defense from a complimentary standpoint to maybe not be as talented as you'd like it to be, but to be in a situation where you're constantly playing with the lead. I mean, think about it. Rushing. You know, they had, Carr had four carries, uh, Barbara had 13 carries, Drake had seven carries. Yeah, they played without I mean, Josh Jacobs in this game. Yeah, they, they really didn't run the ball. And here's Carr throwing for 382 yards, but they're having the lead, and they're forcing Ben Roethlisberger, they're forcing him. To throw it 40 times. And think about, you know, they, they were going to fix the running game, right? They're going to fix it. They're going to lean on it. You know, the, Najee Harris is going to be our guy. He's going to run. He had 10 carries. Because what they're doing is they're forcing the opponent's offense to be one-dimensional. Therefore, what? Therefore, we don't have to defend the run. We don't have to defend the, um, you know, we don't have to defend a lot of the uh the the play action game off the running game we can, we can just be more one dimensional and and play that way and understand what we're being put in like they're in a they're in really
1: they're in a really good spot just in a really good spot sponsor around uh the league here talk about some of uh, the games Tampa Bay it, it is scary because even while they were in the midst of the playoff run last year Tom Brady kept insisting Look, we are maybe 60% of the way to figuring out what we all are offensively and everybody getting on the same page offensively. We have not even come close to hitting our stride yet offensively. And here they are the first two weeks of the season. Mark Tom Brady's thrown nine touchdown passes. Right. Nine. And I I, – I think this guy could do this till he's fifty. He said it I, I he I, said it the other day. Did he really? Okay. I, I know he's always talked about forty five. But somebody
0: asked him and he said, Yeah, but I mean I feel I don't see why I couldn't throw I couldn't play dollars fifty. Why not?
1: I mean That's... he's just cutting teams up right
0: now. Oh, it's it's not you know, it's not close. And you know, I you know what I love more than anything? I I'd love, well, not more than anything. I mean, that was hyperbole. But you know what I love about that situation? It is that two guys who have been doing it for a long time that are pretty staunch in their belief system have found a way to take those two belief systems that are different and meld them together and become kind of one. And that's Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Here's my belief. Well, here's my belief. They don't match up, but let's make it work anyway.
1: Yep.
0: I mean, it's a it's a case study for how you can. Yeah, fix but who our- gave more?
1: Bruce had to concede a lot more, right?
0: Oh no, I don't know. I think I You think, think it's
1: been a true compromise? Yeah, well, I think
0: it's been an absolute true compromise. Okay. Um and i you know i did four tampa games last year so talking to them about that process and you know and that and that understanding and that commitment to working together and figuring it out and you know and then and then realizing like hey you know what bruce that that particular thing that you like to run actually it's better than the way we used to run it like i actually like it you know it just it took a getting used to and and Bruce going, you know, the stuff you liked is actually it actually takes, like the the job is to take the weight that is calling a play off your quarterback's shoulders, and saying, okay, if there's if we're dropping back thirty five times, let's let's give you in those thirty five times, let's give you. 12 or 15 things that are no brainer, you don't really even have to think. Can we take that pressure off of you to get you to a point where these are easy? And like how much better are you when all of a sudden you can take a little a little bit of a mental break and say, oh, you know, just exhale for a minute on this play? How important is that, right? And I think that's the the compromise that's been made. Like, our country, it's a case study. Our country could learn a lot from a political standpoint if they looked at the way those two changed their own philosophical approaches to the game and said, you know what, we could still be good. Remember, they were, what, 8-5 and before they went on their run? Pretty amazing.
1: I think we'd all be a lot better off if life could imitate sports and (laughs) locker rooms and team dynamics. A little bit more, like you just uh, laid out. Uh, Dallas. Is Dallas establishing itself, in your mind, as the team to beat in the NFC East? They have a good, air quotes, good loss to Tampa Mm -hmm. in week one. And then they turn around, and in what was expected to be a high-flying shootout, they actually play defense in beating Justin Herbert and the Chargers on the road. So... That's one that's interesting. It's like we, this is like this game
0: encapsulates week two in general and what we saw in week two. Now, Dak has had two great back to back games, right? 23 to 27, completing 85% of his passes, 237 yards. Uh, he did have an interception and no TDs, but just from a, you know, a pure completion percentage standpoint and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, And I thought that was important. They ran the heck out of the ball against the Chargers. Here's the problem I have with that victory. Is there's a certain aspect of the Chargers going to charger to me that I have a tough time giving Dallas the tip of the cap, well done, boys. Now I get that, you know, offensively they were dynamic against Tampa in week one on that Thursday night opening kickoff game. But again, just the just the nature of the Chargers charging. <laughs> like the Chargers just find ways to screw things up. And so I just have a really tough time going, yeah, let me put like it's a victory, right? I almost put more weight on the loss to Tampa than I put on the victory mm-hmm. to the Chargers. Right. Like if you're if you are grading this on a "quote unquote" curve, I am like, yeah, that 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 loss in Tampa is is more impressive than the win in Correct. Los Angeles. Yep, I got you. I got so you. that's just kind of where that's just kind of where and how I feel about them in general. I, I am telling you right now, I did the Philadelphia San Francisco game yesterday, and. Philadelphia can flat out dominate both lines of scrimmage. They're D-line, They're front seven on defense, they're going to give a lot of people grief. Now, it's reported Brandon Graham, defensive end outstanding kid from Washington has played, well, not kid. I think he's 10, 11 years in the league, but maybe 12 years in the league. He's he, you know, um he's a really good player. It looks like he he tore his Achilles. So, he's going to be done for the year. Um but they are they are st- they're a tough out. Like they're a physical football team, and I think they'll continue to progress and find what they are offensively. I really do, um, and so I think I think they're an intriguing they're an intriguing team to me because of the way they're built, the physicality with which they play. So we'll see. Um, I'm not ready to uh, crown the Cowboys anything yet.
1: How do you look at Arizona? You they're two and zero. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray was uh, had one hiccup with the pick six, but otherwise was brilliant with four touchdowns, threw for 400 yards. DeAndre Hopkins is is back to being the dominant receiver that he was uh, down in Houston. Uh, but you know, Minnesota is a chip, basically a chip shot field goal away from winning that that football game. But Arizona goes to two and zero along with San Francisco and the Rams. Seattle, kind of a head-scratching loss at home in a game that they led the entire way. They cough it up against Tennessee. But this division that I think we both agree is the best division in, in football. Yes, the best division in football still. Maybe the AFC West can make an argument. Mm-hmm. we can get back into that. But with Denver's 2-0 start. But um, how do you look at Arizona? Are they built to last in this division?
0: The the problem I have with Arizona is their offense is really been predicated through two weeks on being off schedule. And their ability to make off schedule throws and and just Kyler Murray running around like freaking Mighty Mouse, chugging it down the field. Doesn't and, fit with your seventy thirty rule, does it? it just doesn't fit. And so, listen, if you think that a recipe if you think that a recipe for winning NFL games is to consistently score on broken plays from 40 yards out, then they are the world champions. I don't believe that's a sustainable model. I believe that eventually that gets you beat. And it probably should have gotten you beat against Minnesota. When you can't, you can't dominate, like, the running game, and you can't, it just, it doesn't fit in red zone football. It just doesn't. And I have a, that's where I have a real issue with what Arizona does. And, hey, man, exciting, 2-0, and tip O the cap. <laughs> they are fun to watch. I just—they're I, fun. I don't know how sustainable
1: that fun is. That's that's kind of where I would be, Mike. Still think the Rams are the best team in that division, and you just saw San Francisco. I. I think, wow, oh
0: boy, that's that's a hard one for me. I think the I think the Rams. Yeah, I think the Rams are 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 really good. I think that of I think that of San Fran. San Fran already, though, Mike, mm. like last year, they led the league in, in in players they put on IR. They had more missed games from starters than any team in the league. I mean, they are snake bitten. And now, after one week, they lost Greenlaw, their outside linebacker, for at least six to eight weeks. Mozart went on IR for the rest of the year. Their starting running back in the game. They lost they lost another running back, two running backs to injuries. Now, I don't think long term, but they lost two more running backs to injuries. They lost their starting corner to an ACL for the rest of the year. Um I mean I mean I just mean to tell you it's it, like it is the walking wounded over there. Mhm. But I have a lot of faith in what they do defensively. The players that they have defensively. Um, oh, yeah, they lost the defensive lineman in that game. I don't know how I, you know, DJ Reed, uh, DJ Reed, I think. or no, DJ Jones, excuse me, DJ Jones. They lost that game. I don't know how long he's out for. I don't know if it was just a game thing. But, um, yeah, I I, I I think they're one of the most talented rosters. And I think... Kyle Shanahan, obviously, is one of the best coaches. Uh, I think those two teams are pretty neck and neck. And I think the the history of it is is Kyle's done pretty well against the Rams.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a fascinating division. And um, maybe the most interesting comeback player of the year type story developing right away is Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos. Two games, two wins. After his 50-50 flip-a-coin preseason battle with Drew Locke, all Bridgewater's done in two games has come out. Average 300 yards passing per game, 77% completion, four touchdowns, no picks. And and maybe along the way kind of changing the narrative about how people have perceived him as a quarterback.
0: You know, it's, it is funny that the Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Checkdown, all Steady that. Steady Teddy. Right. Yep. Yeah, all the stuff that's the narrative out there in, in the league, you know, it created really by media and fan base, right? That That's really what it's been. Like, there's a ceiling, and he can't reach. When you talk to coaches and GMs around the league, he's one of the more respected players in the league. He, he really is um, – He's really interesting, and I, I tell you, when you watch him the last couple of weeks, anyhow, and I talked to him last year while he was playing with Carolina. he's like my arm talent is better than it's ever been because that injury to my knee that was devastating in two years of leg rehab and and learning how to actually throw with my lower body, my velocity. There's nothing wrong with you know with his arm talent, and he he showed it yesterday. I mean, he's he's driving the ball and looking to go deep. The, The check down thing to me, my thought process on the check down thing was I thought it was a plus, not because he's checking it down all the time, because he's a guy that came into the league and knew where all five eligibles were at all times. He made a play yesterday where he's in the grasp, he's fighting, and all of a sudden he just flicks it sideways like it's almost a lateral, puts it right between the numbers. I think of a running back. Who ends up getting you know big you know positive yardage, and it goes from being a sack to like a first down, yep. and it was it was incredible. It was a, a, like if you don't know where guys are, you're just taking a sack on that. But Teddy knew, and based on the defense, he knew he could flip it out there without potential you know pick six the other way. He's been amazing, and and coaches coaches around the league, I think a lot of people root for him, but coaches around the league really respect him. So, anyhow, he's played he's played exceptional football.
1: Yep. A good start for him, Sam Darnold, enjoying his rebirth with uh, the Panthers. Right. They're 2 and 0. So, it's a it's a wild start to the season and I guess my advice to everybody would be just when you think you have a handle on it, it'll change completely next week. Yeah. And it'll be another Monday of overreaction, right. Positively and negatively.
0: It's the Rowdy Roddy Piper start to the NFL season. Just when you think you know the questions, I you know, just when you think you know the answers, I change the yeah. questions. That's what it's do <laughs> rowdy, rowdy Piper. Rowdy, rowdy Piper. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stinkin Truth podcast, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Please uh make sure you subscribe, pass it along to your friends as well. We'll be back with you at the end of the week to talk about the upcoming games and um, and make our picks as well. I wanna thank the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Uh, make sure you check them out betrivers.com for sponsoring the show bet like a man bet rivers also want to uh, encourage you to go to stinkinggood.com check out all the uh, the great green chili varieties we have the queso dip we have it is absolutely to die for you can pick it up and ship it um that's stinkinggood.com for mike I am mark thank you so much for listening Thanks to Millennial Ben for putting the show together. We'll be back with you a little bit later in the week.